Blog Talk Radio. A hardworking star brings us her new EP, and a guitar master radio previews her acoustic electric bossa nova. Lisa Bouchel and Matthias Gabriel join us today. It's Music Friday Live. From Los Angeles, California, the music capital of America, it's Music Friday Live. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan. This is your show. Remember, our guests are here to talk with you, so you can call in at 347-215-7511, or you can email us. You know, if you're sitting there with your earphones on, you're at work, and you can't call in, email us, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. Welcome to our listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com network and their radio affiliates, and also on the Artistic Echoes and Canal Side radio networks in the United Kingdom. Yes, we are heard in England, except we're heard tomorrow because it's today, tomorrow. Well, you know what I mean. As, and also welcome to everybody on Blog Talk Radio. And again, if you have questions or comments for our guests, call us 347 215 7511. Or email them to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And if you're listening to Music Friday Live on a podcast or in England, you can still email those questions and we'll forward them on to our guests. Real quick, I have a funny story for you. I was uh, out last night at uh, the Mint uh, here in L.A., which is the oldest rock and roll club in Los Angeles. And I was seeing some friends of mine, the Junk Parlor Band, who told me that one of the reviews that I wrote about their last album showed up translated into French in Belgium just ahead of their tour in Belgium. And I have no idea how it got there, but I'm really glad it did. So we are truly worldwide. Well, anyway, back to music. Um, I want to introduce a really special person. Uh, Lisa, Lisa Bouchel, she's a Renaissance woman. That's all I can, you know, it's the best word for it. She's one of those rare artists who can make you cry, make you laugh, and make you put her songs on repeat. Her music sounds kind of loose and casual, but if you actually listen carefully, it's very precise. It's aimed exactly at your heart, at your mind, and sometimes at your funny bone. Uh, This is the product of her playing and singing from a very early age, and she is unstoppable. She averages over 200 shows a year, and then she adds in a few more to help people in need. And she's duetted with John Bon Jovi and sung backup for Bruce Springsteen and many others. Plus, she's appeared on television's Gossip Girls, has songs on TV shows and movies. And then on top of it all, she hosts her own top-rated TV show, The Rockstar Kitchen, which I love. Her latest EP Lipstick Tomboy has seen 2 million streams on Spotify, and the first single has been streamed over 1 million times. So, But best of all, she's right here today to talk to us. Lisa, welcome to Music Friday Live. Hi, it's so good to be on your show. How are you today? I'm pretty good, except I have a little bit of a cold, so you might hear some raspiness in my throat, but... Um, You know, that's just the way it is. We do have winter in Los Angeles. The temperature drops to, you know, 60 degrees, and sometimes it rains. (laughs) Yes, I've been there in winter. It's nothing like where I am on the East Coast. (laughs) Yes, I I know, I know. (laughs) Well, the name of your new EP is Lipstick Tomboy, and and I love the concept. 
but somehow, you know, in looking at your career, 200 gigs a, a year, a TV show, serious charity fundraising, you seem more like a singing supergirl than a tomboy. Or, or does that <laughs> title kind of reflect your own vision of yourself? Yeah, that's it. It does reflect my own vision of myself. I mean, out on tour, I can be, you know, just doing so many things, and even locally hauling gear, and just, you know, I make it happen. And I'm definitely not a girly girl in that way, but I still love to uh, glam it up and get on stage. So I think I'm, I got the best of both worlds going on there for me and my job. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I, I mentioned in the intro that you have a talent for making the precise sound easy. And and I think a, a a song that's a really good example of that is uh, Heart versus Mind. So why don't we uh, just listen to a little bit of it here? Oh, that's great, yeah. If I could find a drug I really love the backup voices that that are under your lyrics and the way the pedal steel kind of opens my ears up for your vocals and how the drummer moves it along but but doesn't step on your voice with the snares. The whole thing is just beautifully crafted. And, of course, the lyrics nail it. They've all been there. Was that yeah. a difficult song to get right in the studio or did it just sort of flow? Yeah, I mean – you know, things are getting easier with it, but I mean, I think like that's the difference between my more current releases to when I first started. I had the vision of putting everything like in a, in its own place, like a setting for like the jewel of like, you know, the, the lyrics and the melody. But I'll tell you, that was not something that I was able to achieve. I, I could hear it, but I couldn't quite get it. And in my, as my recordings went on in my career, I feel like I've, I've gotten that down uh, much easier than I used to. That's, that's hard to with your producer and just hard to get across like you're hearing something in your head and it's just hard to articulate it and try to like get it to actually happen on the recording but um now it's becoming something that's easier i think that one i do feel like we achieved that so thank you so much for for noting that and noticing it well you know i mean that's what we do here right but you're welcome yeah 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 <laughs> um, i think for most I people it's been... just something they feel yeah yes definitely um I understand that you've been singing since you were a small child, kind of um, emulating your father, who I've been told has a glorious voice. Now, you lost your parents along the way, tragically, before you could sing with your father. How much of your parents are in your songs and in your work ethic today? (laughs) A lot, a lot. 
they really, I really feel like they're still here with me in the house. And, um, you know, it's crazy. I, my dad and just the way I learned to sing from him, um, even though, like, he wasn't on stage. He always had stage fright, but his voice was so beautiful. And just the times you just sing for the fun of it, you know, riding in the car and just I try to just hold on to that spirit. So I feel like they're with me all the time. And my mom was, like, wrote great poetry. So um, when I'm writing, I always feel like my mom's coming through me, you know. <laughs> wow, it shows. Um, you know, speaking of work ethic, um, 200 shows a year, I mean, that's almost a show a day. And then you add in charity shows on top of that, and you host a TV show. How do you manage all that? Do you have a secretary who sort of wakes you up in the morning and points you in the right direction? Oh, yeah, yeah, an imaginary secretary. It's like a really good-looking guy. (laughs) He doesn't exist. (laughs) No, I just get up and just, I I just, you know, I'm a self-motivator and, um, I'm just really driven. I'm driven. Yeah, so I just do it. I'm happy on stage, you know. I have a really good time. So you're driven, but but uh, emotionally, not not literally. You have to drive the car yourself. Um, well, to the local ones, yeah. I mean, when I tour, usually I have you know a bus. It's kind of my choice. If I'm going to do something solo, sometimes I just take the car and you know stay over if it's not too long of a tour. But I do have that option now. When I first started, I didn't have that option. I had to drive myself everywhere. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. Well, uh, you know, about your charity work, uh, you know, many musicians use their talent for, for causes. It's, it's kind of part of the music personality. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you tell us what you do about the concerts and tours and I believe your, your um, um, New Year's Eve show and, and how you use music for healing? Yeah, I mean, um, well, the two um, charities that I've mainly been involved with, um, Holiday Express, which brings um, music to um, different facilities where they can't have maybe like a Christmas party, children, we bring like Santa, and they they bring like um, the Grinch, and that's headed up by Tim McLoone, who's like amazing, and um, you know, a lot of people giving of their time, local musicians as far as that, and also like Bruce and people that like really notable musicians are involved in that. Um, and then they do a couple of big theater shows a year as, like, fundraisers. So that's, like, a really cool charity just to get down there and, you know, after you're on, like, a big stage or whatever, and then just to get down with the people and feel it really, you know, is a great thing. The other one is Musicians on Call through WXPN Radio in Philadelphia. And they we actually go, like, into the hospitals and play, like, you know, bedside like by I, I do the children's hospital I really you know um, like St. Christopher's Children's Hospital I get to go to all the different you know oncology um, people burn victims anybody who can't you know little children like they're just in there all day so it kind of cheers them up and you play for them and sometimes their families are there with them and, and it's just a really rewarding experience cool wow do you have any videos of, of, of those concerts up um I mean, I'll have to, yeah, I'm sure there are for Holiday Express. As far as WXPN, they really keep it quite confidential because you're, like, you know, in the patient's rooms and stuff like that. But they do have a website, you know, musiciansonclaw.org, WXPN.org, and you can definitely, like, check out, you know, what they do. It's a great um, fundraising, um, you know, people will probably be, it's a great organization. People will be interested. All right. Uh, well, actually, why don't you repeat those two uh, websites again? So our yeah, I would check on uh, WXPN.org, and, um, and it will be Musicians on Call is the program, and I'm sure you can just search right within um, uh, WXPN.org, uh, which is the radio station who sponsors the program. 
and it's musicians on call. And then the other um, charity is HolidayExpress.org, and that get, that will have videos and pictures cool. and all kinds of stuff. All right. Well, you know, speaking of, of music uh, for healing, um, if you could read my mind, has been making people feel better since Gordon Lightfoot released it in 1970. So I, I want to play your version of it because you really make it uh, your own. This is uh, If You Could Read My Mind. the show, everyone listening should go to lisabouchelle.com and watch the video that goes with that song. It's, it's, it's really a work of art. Now, the way you did that, you, you've got low pitch. It's almost kind of breathy. Your tempo is slower than the original. It's like yeah. Lightfoot telling a, a, a melodic internal story and you're weaving a dream around the listener. At, at least that's how I hear it. I don't know. That's exactly what I was going for. Do you understand me, Patrick? <laughs> Well, we listen to it a lot. Right? Oh, thank you. That's exactly. I wanted to make it dreamy and really therapy. And like, you know, back in the day, you could sing like, just sing like that, you know. And and I was like, this is the perfect like song to just get really, you know, like that therapy vocal, sultry. And just like, I really did want to slow it down several beats per minute because I really felt like it did make it more dreamy. And that's what we did with the video too. Rashawn um, did that on the video as well. So, yeah. And it's a gorgeous video. I mean, I really uh, recommend people go, go listen to it. You know, but all that being said, when you decided mm-hmm. to record that song, was it kind of intimidating to take on a touchstone in American music? I should have been, I guess. I was just, I was so lost in being excited about recording. I guess I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and okay. I, you know what? I really do when I'm doing someone else's song, I really do try to respect what I feel. Like I really think about it and listen and what I feel that the, composer's like intent was you know you don't want to change like that fundamental thing that that just makes the song the song so I really felt like I was gonna give that respect you know and then just you know do it differently in some other ways so I hope that he would like it <laughs> I, I got reports that he did so that's good. Oh, good okay well I certainly liked it. everybody here in, in music you. probably live liked it uh, you know as we like I say we listened to both versions of the song and Something occurred to me that I wanted to get a take on. Um, last year, we, we do a survey of our guests. Last year, a, a little bit over 60% of our guests were female. 
Um, oh. And the, the artists pitch to us, the shows we go to, the records we review. There are many, many, many wonderfully talented women singing either solo or fronting bands or composing or, or the entire band or their leading bands. But when I watch the CMAs or the Grammys or see the lineups on festivals like Stagecoach, women are the minority and, and they're not oh, the headliners. Yeah. What, what happens to them? <laughs> what has been your experience as <laughs> a, a woman in this industry? They go where the missing sock or the picks, guitar picks go. They just go away. <laughs> I don't know where they go. You're absolutely right, because locally, we had a female show we just did uh, recently with female artists, and they had like a panel, and the females were speaking about how they're the minority in the business. But you're right. Locally, there's more. What happens? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe the labels aren't just aren't looking for as many as they are. Maybe they're looking for, you know, their percentage that they're signing or that, I, I, yeah, I don't, I can't answer the question, but you're right. I do notice that. Um I don't know. It's, it's do, kind do you of weird, run into uh, any kind of resistance? Resistance. As a female, you run into opportunity and resistance. It's oh. it's not as um, you run into more good, extreme good and bad, and difficulties, and also uh, maybe like you know, oh, you're the only female. Yeah, we're going to book you at our club because we need a female at our club. So you run oh. into both. You know, you what they want to say? Oh, that's a novelty. You know. Um, but then you run into some resistance as well. I think um, they, there's still a perception that females aren't taking their career, um, prioritizing their career as much in their life with other things that are important. I still think that's a perception, whether that's true or not. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, maybe a family or whatever they want to prioritize. It's, I don't know if that's true, but I definitely think that that's the perception. And I think that there's less willingness to take a chance on, someone if they feel that they're not prioritizing their career so i think that's that's still that stigma or whatever is still in place huh. I, that's what I i mean i obviously feel like that me i'm just so into what i you know my career is my priority but i do think yeah. there's challenges with that okay all right let me remind our audience that we're talking with uh lisa bushell and you can talk with her too actually we're getting some emails in from people which Ooh. we will turn to in just a minute um but uh, let me just repeat once once again you can email your question at musicfridaylive at gmail.com and here's some of those questions uh this is matt in la and (laughs) um do you drive to all of those gigs and do you have a roadie (laughs) why is he applying for the job Um, I actually drive to anything that's close because I get a lot of music written in my head and stuff when I'm driving. But if anything's far away, like touring and stuff, I, I get a bus. Okay. Um, Becky in New York City wants to know, do you ever play in New York City, uh, like in the Rockwell, for instance, Rockwood, for instance? Um, I, I have played in the city, and we plan on this year. I heard that we're going to be getting a lot more stuff up there live performances and what is the name that she's suggesting uh, the, club? the the rockwood music hall oh uh, well we will look into it and that sounds like fun so this year if you look on lisabouchelle.com you'll probably see us posting soon some um manhattan and you know states in the city i played okay. i play there going through a tour a lot we did brooklyn bowl and we did um bowery ballroom just this uh, past couple of months Ooh, okay good um, Silver Spur in Austin, come on, uh, right. uh, says, 
you sound very country. Is there a community of country western singers in New Jersey? There, yeah, there are. There is a huge community of country and western singers in New Jersey, but I'm not sure that they feel that I'm country. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> I'm seeing more as like I might be seeing more as like an alt country or rootsy, you know, um, alternative country, which is um, a little bit different than the actual like um, classic current Nashville sound. But there is, um, there are a sling of um, country artists um, in this area. Oh, as we were sitting um, at a nightclub last night, uh, uh, my my wife said that uh, she she came up with a name for a band, and it's uh, confused about my genre identity. Oh, I love that. <laughs> or at least an album name. Um, Bashir. What genre and... do you identify with? Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, Bashir in Palo Alto wants to know if do you have a regular band? Um, yeah, I do. I mean, my band members changed for the different tours because the people that I use, I mean, I do all the songwriting, but the people that I use to play, like they're amazing musicians on my record. Sometimes they're out on other tours. So I kind of have like a little group, a little database of the people that I work with that I think are really great. But, you know, some tours it might be one drummer, some tours it might be another. Okay, all right. Well, uh, we should get back to music. Uh, and there is a, you were talking about genre confusion. There is a rocking wake-up song uh, on the EP, a song that, to me, seems like it just makes people get up and dance. It's called Love is Supposed to be Fun. Let's listen to a little bit. All right. You know, I, I I love the line in there. Uh, we're making love on shaky ground, right? <laughs> um, which brings me to ask: Is is this a personal experience song? Uh, well, I mean, they're all written by me, so I guess they're all personal experience songs uh, in general. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, do do people get up and dance uh, at your live shows to that one? Oh, definitely. That one's definitely a dancing song. And, and are are you dancing around the stage playing your guitar while you sing it? Yeah, yes, on that one definitely. I don't think you can't on that one. It just kind of makes your body move. Yeah, it, it's really cool. Uh, it, it, I, 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 I love it. Um, so, where, where did the idea come from? Oh, um, just a whole situation where I thought, um, you know, I was just looking around at how much stress everybody puts on trying to have you know, such a serious relationship when you think about it, 
it's supposed to, love's supposed to be fun, you know. It just supposed to let it flow. Like you said, it's like music. It's just got to flow. If it's like all uptight and the glow, then there's obviously a problem. <laughs> That's right. And it's obviously not good for dancing. You know, right. Speaking I, of... <laughs> it sucks for dancing, too. <laughs> um, speaking of live shows, um, I went to your website, and I see that you appear to have booked all of 2019. And, you know, most bands I know are lucky to get two weeks in advance. Uh, so how do you do that? Or did you do oh it? Oh, my Is gosh. That... Yeah, I mean, the, well, the local stuff is all booked by me or agencies that I, you know, kind of go through in the area for different um, areas, and they just come. I mean, they call me. I can't even keep up with the amount of show offers, and um, so I can't even do all of the stuff that I'm offered. Sometimes I get offered two or three in one day, um, but I do um, book it. But the thing is, we're going to be getting a springtime tour, so when that happens, um, people, if they want to get on my mailing list, um, I mail out once a week with updates, or they can just go to lisabouchel.com, and they'll see all that change, because when the spring tour comes in, uh, we'll have all the details for that, and those shows that are out there, a lot of them, when that happens, will get, you know, subbed out to another band or artist locally, and I'll go on tour, so. Okay. But for right uh, now, there's the shows. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, that's kind of a musician's dream, to have, have venues call them, so... Just, uh, really? Okay. Well, that's good to oh, know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, definitely. At least in Los Angeles, it is. Um, well, let's talk for a minute about Rockstar Kitchen. Um, yes. And yes. Oh, I love Rockstar Kitchen. How did the idea germinate and come to fruition? And I, I asked that question deliberately because I know from friends' experience that getting a TV show off the ground is not easy. And also, oh my gosh, no. Cook? So how did it happen? Um, okay, so I was out in Seattle, and I was including, working on some stuff with John Popper from Blues Traveler, who I am friendly with from meeting him through my very first tour, tour I opened for Blues Traveler, and we have a single out and all that now as a duet. But anyway, I was out there recording some stuff with him, working on some music, and his drummer from Blues Traveler, Brandon, who's awesome, I were in the, the studio cutting some tracks for some stuff, and um we took a break and the kitchen at the studio had like an oven and like a full kitchen. And I was just like laughing, like, like we could just like totally like live here and cook. And we were pretending to like put stuff in the oven and taking selfies. We're just being goofy. And all of a sudden it occurred to me, wouldn't it be cool to have like a cooking show where people cook famous people. And then we put it in the oven and we jam in the kitchen. Cause the party at my house always ends up in the kitchen. Anyway, yeah. you know, everybody ends up in there with a guitar. Thought, well, that would be like so cool. And you could just hear all their music acoustic and party and, and make a TV show. <laughs> so I shopped it to my um, management team who were like, Oh my God, this is a great idea. But it literally took them like a year and a half to get it up and running on the network with Comcast, and it actually yeah. is the highest, yeah, highest ratings for original content on their on their um, syndicated network. But it wasn't like as much, as popular as it was once it got up and running. It was so hard; like it is really hard. Well, it, it is, and uh, like I say, I've known people who spent a long time, more, much longer than that, getting a TV show off the ground. So congratulations. Well, we are just about out of time, but I did want oh, to no. give. Uh, <laughs> I know. I did want to give our audience um, a little sample of only the tequila talking. So here it is. 
I love that song, uh, particularly since I just came back from Jalisco, Mexico, which is the center of the oh. uh, tequila culture. Um, and the video is a hoot. There are so many little details in there. The women at the poker tables, the Penn State football poster on the bar wall, the general live poster from one of the actors. I mean, you must have had a lot of fun making that video. We had a blast making that video. Oh, my God. That was the funnest video ever. I'll bet. I could tell. Was there real tequila in the shot glasses? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, but we do have one very important thing that we have to do. Please tell people where they can get your music. Okay. Um, you can find uh, definitely on Spotify, and they, it can also be, uh, be found on iTunes and Apple Music. And then, of course, if people want to buy the physical, like, CDs and any other swag, it's lisabouchel.com. Okay. And live right. shows. Any live shows. <laughs> well, well, Lisa, you are as, as much fun to talk to as you are to listen to when you play. And I really appreciate you taking the time away from your rigorous schedule uh, to be with oh, us today. This was such a fun show. Thank you. Oh, well, it was, it was fun to have you. You're, you, you made it fun. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we're going to have you back when, when you bring that album out. Okay. Yes. Thanks. Okay. Lisa Bouchel, the EP is Lipstick Tomboy, and it's uh, you can stream it everywhere, uh, Spotify, Apple, and also follow her uh, her live performances and her schedule, which changes, on her website, lisabouchel.com, and check out her, like I said, be sure and, and uh, sign up for her newsletter so you can stay with her uh, 2019 tour schedule, uh, which is up now. We've got to take a break now. When we return, Matthias Gabrielle, so don't go away. This is going to be lots of fun. Just two hours south of the California border lies the enchanting seaside town of San Felipe, Baja California, where friendly people, warm waters, and a relaxing vacation awaits. And it all starts at www.mysanfelipevacation.com. Whether you choose to golf on the 18-hole championship course overlooking the Sea of Cortez with friends, Enjoy a romantic weekend for two on the beach, or take the whole family for a fun-filled weekend of shopping and activities. You'll be sure to find just the right accommodations at MySanFelipeVacation.com. So what are you waiting for? Isn't it time you got away? Visit www.MySanFelipeVacation.com today. That's www.MySanFelipeVacation.com. See you in San Felipe. And we will see you in San Felipe. My voice won't be quite that good. I hope when I grow up, I have a voice like that. But uh, don't forget that uh, MySanFelipeVacation.com and use the discount code MFLA5 and you will get a discount and you'll be really glad you did. Well, I saw Matthias Gabriel at a Singcol Orchestra concert. Um, she was the opening act. And as soon as I heard her, I knew I had to introduce her to my audience. Uh, Matthias is an L.A.-based bilingual multi-instrumentalist producer, composer, performer, and educator with stunning guitar chops and a unique approach to Latino fusion music and classical Brazilian guitar. She identifies as trans-fem Latinx angel and is currently producing tracks and composing boleros, 
bossa novas, and other traditional Latino music on her guitars, both acoustic and electric. Her live shows range from bossa nova to percussion-laced guitar solos, and she tells stories with a touch of humor. I was first attracted to her masterful guitar playing, but then as I talked with her and listened to more of her songs, I realized that the range of her music and of her social commentary is really something to behold, and I'm really happy to have Matthias with us today. Welcome. Hi. Well, before anything else, how and where mm-hmm. did you learn to play the guitar? Your chops are amazing. <laughs> On the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, the internet's a wonderful, magical place. Um, you know, you just look up, you know, you first start off looking up like Led Zeppelin songs, really basic chords. You learn A minor, you know, G major, and all these things. And then, you know, you start, okay, you say, I got that. You move on. You start looking up the solos. You start looking up Bossa Nova songs. And that introduces you to, like, seven chords, nine chords, 13 chords. And you just kind of pick it apart. And you just really think about why does it work this way? You know, like, what's the theory behind it? And, uh, and there you go. You know, years later, you, you, you can play the guitar. Wow. I am very impressed. Because I, yeah. I know people who have you know, stars who for guitar coaches and they don't play as well as you do. So I am very impressed. Uh, uh, the internet is all the stars of the thing, you know, like, well, I mean, the, the, the masters are my teachers. I just look up their parts and I learn to play them exactly as they do. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, in, in your bossa songs, um, mm-hmm. you have conversations with the listeners, uh, both in the mm-hmm. music and in your words and, and your music is kind of a unique first person quality to it is that mm-hmm. deliberate or is that just the way you are as a performer it's 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 the way i am i just can't help talking about I, I everything i write is based on an experience i've had and so everything already has a very like it has a clear story i know where it comes from and i want people to know that um and yeah also just like a lot of a lot of uh, this kind of music you know the, a lot of the music i'm inspired by it just does talk to you you know they have breaks where where you where like there's still you know instrumentals going on but then the the vocalist just speaks and i love that it's very powerful and you do it very well too mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> well, well let's let's give an, our, our audience a sample of that this is uh mm-hmm. la carolina Estábamos caminando por el arroyo seco cuando se apareció la Carolina y la acompañaba esta canción. La mariposa, la Carolina, que vuela a mi lado, la mariposa, la Carolina. La mariposa, la Carolina, que vuela a mi lado, la mariposa, la Carolina. Now, my Spanish is, is good enough uh, so that I can understand that that's a beautiful song about a butterfly, but, mm-hmm. but for our non 
Spanish-speaking audience. Uh, could, could you tell them what that's all about? So, I mean, the lyrics are, are pretty, you know, they're pretty simple. It's just about a butterfly flying by your side. And, you know, it just kind of poetically talks about, you know, its beauty and how the wind, you know, blows open its veils and how, uh, or its sails, right? And, uh, and how, and the, and the breeze is singing its name. Um, but it was, it was based from, well, I wrote it in one moment. I was in the Arroyo Seco, which is right by my house um, in East L.A., and uh, some friends and I had taken some, you know, some spiritual chemicals and we were walking around and, um, but we were, I was having some really, some, I was, there was a big change going on with, with a friend of mine, uh, my best friend, and I was pulling away from him and he was not doing well with it. And so he projected a lot of his insecurities onto me and that hit me really, really hard. And I was, I was, I was in a really bad place. And I was just walking along with my guitar and this butterfly flew right by me. And I just started playing these chords. I started playing exactly what you heard and singing exactly what you heard. And it just came all in one moment. And that butterfly really, really pulled me out of that. It was, it was wow. incredible. And it, yeah. it, it, it is beautiful. And particularly, it took me a while to translate it, but particularly the part mm-hmm. about the wings as sails. That, uh, mm-hmm. um there's another uh, semi-acoustic uh, song on the uh, that you've given me, uh, Rosada, mm-hmm. and, and I want to mm-hmm. play a bit of it, and then we can talk about it because it's 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 um, it, it's a little different, and uh, in some ways it isn't. So here mm-hmm. is Rosada. First of all, I have a question. Um, mm-hmm. You list the artist mm-hmm. of that song and the other songs too, as not as Matthias, but as Chico and Gil. Who are Chico and mm-hmm. Gil? I was Chico for a long time, and uh, Gil is my guitar. <laughs> so okay. that was the, that was the name I put out um, the music under. But I'm going to be putting it out again under my name I'm going by now, which is really just my name, my given okay. name. Okay. All right, mm-hmm. good. That that mm-hmm. that clears that, that up. up. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, now, y- you identify on your website as Transfem mm-hmm. Latinx Angel. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Uh-huh. Um, well, it means a lot of things. I mean, you know, gender identities are confusing. Um, but and so I'm I have a lot of words that describe how I feel. I mean, I definitely am Latinx. You know, like my both my parents are from South America. Like that, that is me. Um, I've like in the past maybe four or five years really been 
like coming into my femininity and embracing it and feeling what that means and manifesting it and living it. Um, and so, you know, given that that wasn't the gender performance that was kind of expected of me or given to me, you know, when I was born that, that I, and also given that I found community in that, in the trans community, um, I consider myself trans and I consider myself femme. Um, and an angel, you know, I don't know. Like once I started growing out my hair and started looking at old, like, you know, murals of like Catholic murals of like the, the angel Gabriel and Gabriel's Gabriel is my middle name. Um, I started kind of just seeing a similarity and I just started feeling like angels are so gender fluid, you know, like in their presentation. I just really started, I just really saw myself in them. And so there you go. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> does, does that, uh, does that give you any a, a creative space in that you have the ability to, to, to look at music and poetry and life from, from two different gender perspectives? Um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess you're probably working towards the next song that I, that I wrote, but yes, absolutely. Um, I, I'm always, I'm always thinking about gender when I'm writing songs, now, especially in the last like four or five years. Okay. All right. Uh, let me remind our audience uh, that we are talking with uh, Matthias uh, Gabriel and you, who oh, I should, is already I should getting let you know. emails. It's, um, it's, it's Matthias. Matthias, pardon me. Uh, uh-huh. There's an accent, mm-hmm. right, which mm-hmm. is not in my mm-hmm. Matthias. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, Estudio Espanol, apparently in pronunciation, no suficiente. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matias Gabriel, and you can talk with her too. You can uh, call in 347-215-7511, or you can email us, as, as many of you already are, uh, at um, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And we'll get to those emails in just a minute. But since you mentioned that I'm leading up to another song, I am leading up to another song. And so why don't uh, we play uh, Call, him, uh, Call Me Him, Call Me Her? pronunciation that uh, I'm going to remember from now on. <laughs> well, that song goes to, to the heart of the trans femme conversation. It's also a totally different style. It's kind of New York electro runway music. Um, now, the message I hear, and tell me if I'm close or not, is that mm-hmm. identification of someone's gender is not as important as recognition of their talent. <laughs> um. I'd say more recognition of just like their being, you know, just okay. like really feeling seen, feeling seen for who, how you feel, you know? Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, 
So I wrote that song that I wrote. Yeah, that that is kind of my gender manifesto, like my personal one, right? Like this is how I feel, right? Like I put everything in there. I was like, this is it. Um, And since then, I've kind of I've kind of wondered, like, do I actually mean that? Do I actually want people to call me him or her or they and them? Like, wait, really? And I've kind of realized, like, true and it's not true. I actually, since then, I've really felt worse about people calling me him, uh, especially cis people, you know, not trans people, but cisgendered people, because I feel that when cisgendered people call me him, they're actually not seeing me for my feminine self, right? They're just kind of projecting their cis mind onto me. They're just seeing me as a man because that's what they're used to. But, mm-hmm. And so that, that messes with me. That really, that really messes with me. Uh, so I actually, at this point, have decided that, like, I'd rather cisgender people call me they, them, or she, her. But honestly, when other trans folks call me him, sometimes, you know, because they also call me her, that is great. I love it. I love that fluidity. And I know that they, I trust them. I trust them to see me that way. I trust them to see me as fluid, as, as you know, holding masculinity and femininity within myself, because I know that they've gone through it, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you still get called Chico? Yeah, I do. Um, and by, by, by folks who I also don't quite think see me fully the way I'd like to be seen, you know. But I don't know. There's something about the word Chico. I also I started being called Chico more when I was working at a middle school, and I was calling all the other kids Chico Chica, you know. Um, it's like sometimes I wouldn't remember some of their names because there were so many of them, so I would just be like, Chico, yeah, this, I like stop doing it. Um, and so then they would all start calling me Chico. Um, and I had just really fond memories of being called Chico by the kids. Um, so even though it's, like, not quite accurate as to my, like, gender preference and, like, my, you know, my gender feelings, um, I, kinda, I don't know. I still have a soft spot for it. Okay. All right. Well, we've got some emails here for you. Uh, I want mm. to start with uh, Singleton in Seattle. And Singleton wants to know, did you produce that song? And I assume he means uh, call, me him, call me her. You produce everything. I produce everything you'll hear. Yeah, I produce everything by my own. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. Um, Beaumont in Austin um, wants to know, what kind of guitars do you play? Uh, I have a Siegel, um, which is, you know, like a, like a handmade Canadian guitar. Um, it's beautiful. That's, that's you. That's, my, that's the guitar you've heard on the other track, the acoustic one. I love him with all my heart. And then I also have a uh, Pink Paisley Fender Telecaster, um, who's super generous and really sparkly and pink and hot pink and paisley, um, inspired by Prince. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, Tess uh, in um, Tampa wants to know, do you ever play with a band? Um, I, I, I used to, and I, um, I've, I've since uh, uh, retired from that band, and I'm just kind of out there on my own searching for other musicians to collaborate with. I'd love to form a band, a, a new band at some point around the music that I'm making right now. Um, but for now, I'm, uh, I'm, working, I'm working on my own and with like, you know, collaborations here and there. Nancy in LA said uh, in the introduction you were described as an educator what does that mean what do you educate 
Um, well, so I, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of roles as an educator. Like I said, I worked at a school for a while, and I was, uh, I was there as an assistant and as a math uh, teacher, and I've also, like, give private lessons in music. I also teach um, music lessons um, for free at a community art school in L.A. Um, you know, if you contact me, if you're in L.A. and you want uh, free music lessons, it's for youth. It's for uh, people 18 to 26 years old, uh, but it's totally free. So... Yeah, um, I'm always out there trying to share the knowledge I have. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Larry, uh, Larry49 in Boston wants to know, mm-hmm. can you reproduce your songs on stage, and what equipment do you use to do that with? Um, yes. Uh, so for my electronic music, I'll use Ableton, and I'll like import all the like. All the samples and the loops into Ableton, and then I can like recreate it um, by, and then I, you know, I could do it live and, and mix it up a little bit. And then otherwise, um, with a loop pedal in my guitar, um, the guitar acts as a percussion instrument too, so I can build the the percussive elements uh, just with my guitar, you know, drumming on it and looping it, and then uh, looping the guitar parts. You know, I've I've watched you do the uh, the the percussion on your guitar, and and, and that's an art yeah. form all all in its own. Did mm-hmm. you learn that from the internet too? <laughs> no, I just figured that out. The guitar is okay. the guitar's a hand drum. I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a drummer. I've drummed since I was twelve. The guitar is my newest instrument. So I I approached the guitar just freshly as a drummer, and so I was like, wow, listen, it's a hand drum, and like also if you scratch the strings, it goes, <laughs> you know, and it just like it's got so many sounds. Wow. Okay. I never yeah. thought of that, mm-hmm. but, but you're right. It, it's a hollow object that you can pound on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually a hand drum. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's sort of a, like a cajon or anything. It's um, a cajon or a conga. It's kind of a mix between a cajon and a conga. Uh, Roland in San Francisco wants to know, uh, when you book yourself into clubs, do you ever get any resistance because you're trans femme? Um, so far I've really mostly been, uh, like playing at queer events, you know, um, uh-huh. I, honestly, this, this electronic music project is relatively new. I've only started learning how to produce in the last year or so. Um, so like I've played mostly, you know, uh, friends and people in the community have invited me to play at events and it's all been queer events. So not yet. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's yeah. hope you never do. Um, well, you know, there's so. another song, um, of yours that is, Again, a completely different style. Right? And I want to mm-hmm. play it. Uh, this is uh, Pan Dulce. Ese pan dulce que tiene en sus pantalones hace que grite bombón. Pan dulce con salsa, electro con son. ¡Ay, qué combinación! Los pantalones están en suelo y así se van a quedar. Vamos, chico, ponte el vestido. Vamos a bailar. Ese pan dulce que tienes tus pantalones hace que grite bombón. Pan dulce con salsa, electro con son. Ay, qué combinación. Tus pantalones están en suelo y aquí se van a quedar. Vamos, chico, ponte el vestido. Vamos a bailar. Me puse el vestido 
for our um, English-speaking audience who doesn't understand, who doesn't speak Spanish, uh, pan dulce is is sweet bread, and it's um, wonderful stuff to say the least. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So was that kicked off by you walking into a, a, a panaderia and smelling the wonderful sweet sweet breads? Um, I, I, yeah, I just, I kind of, I just, mm, I love the conchas, especially the conchas that are up, which are kind of pan dulce up by my house. Um, and I don't know, I eat them a lot and I feel like they fill out my butt. And then I feel like my butt are just, is just like two conchas. And then when I put on a dress, I just like, look, that's how I see myself, <laughs> you know, with okay. my butt sticking out and just like two little conchas in there. Okay. Now the, yeah. the cover of, of that um, song, says mm-hmm. uh, Las Conchas uh, Divinas as the artist. Yeah. Uh, is that mm-hmm. another persona of yours? Not as, the not as the artist. That's more, that's more just, that's just more a description of the Conchas. Like, that's just kind of the title. You know, there's no artist name on there. Um, okay, all right. I, the, cov- the cover art I put on there was just for, to post it on SoundCloud. Um, when I release it as part of probably a larger EP or an album, uh, it'll, it won't have that. Okay. All right. Well, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It, 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 it's a very intriguing uh, set of words on there. The defined mm-hmm. shells, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I, I love mm-hmm. it very. I love it a lot. Uh, we've got uh, uh, some more. Some more emails have come in uh, mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. for you, um, and one of them is from uh, Becky. And uh, Becky is in San Francisco, and she said, "You said you play mostly que- queer events." Um, do you ever play at straight events? Um, so, I mean, I'd say with my guitar, I have more so. Uh, with the electronic music, that's just that's that. Those are just the gigs I've gotten. You know, um, I wouldn't be against bringing this um, music at all to to straight or events. I'd hope there were also queer people there. If I was the only one there, I'd feel um, a little strange. But also, like this is certainly. Uh, stuff that I hear, I hope everyone can hear and like internalize, you know, just really let it sink in. Like, what is it, what does it mean, you know, to, to hear about someone else's like gender experience? Yeah. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Lisa in LA wants to know, how did you learn to play so many different kinds of music? Um, <laughs> uh, I just, um, just studying, studying on my own. You know, some of it, some of it I've learned through like, you know, playing in groups or whatever, but Honestly, whenever I hear a song and if it's in a different style and I just really like it, I learn it. And I, and I listen to it a lot. And I think, what's the bass line? What, what are the chords doing? You know, what's the chord progression? You know, how does the voice go? What are the melodies? You know, what's the rhythm like? What are all the different percussion instruments? You know, everything. Um, and so I just study it and then I try and make a song like it. So I'll learn it and then I will use those ingredients. It's like, you know, it's like reading a recipe and then play with them and make something that I want to make that's similar, but inspired by it, but it's not the same. You, you know, it, it, it occurs to me that um, being self-taught as you are in some ways gives you a certain amount of creative freedom because you don't have somebody telling you this is the right way to do it. Totally. Or, and so, so here's one thing I'll say. I'm, I'm not completely self-taught. I mean, I've played the piano since I was six, and I took lessons. I, I played the drums uh, kind of self-taught, but then also in a marching band, which is, like, different, right? So I've, I've, take, I've like, learned from folks before, but the guitar I've taught myself. And then from the guitar, that is what opened up my creative 
because before I didn't actually have a very critical idea of music. I would play what people told me all my life until I was like maybe 18 or 19. And I really started playing the guitar. And I, that's what I figured out all on my own. And that's when, that's when my, my creative juices really started flowing. Before then, uh-huh. I, didn't, I didn't have much control over what I played. Okay, all right. I, mm-hmm. it, it's becoming clear now, all right. Well, yeah. what else is becoming clear is that we're about out of time. And mm. so I have to ask the most important question of the night, yeah. and that is um, where can people get your music and find out about your live shows? So right now, my music is just on SoundCloud under Mix Matias, which is my producer name. That's M-X dot Matias. Um, that's on SoundCloud, and I'll, I, I got my music up on there. And then also you can just go to my website, MatiasGabriel.com. Uh, okay, all right. Well, mm-hmm. Matias, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. This has been lots of fun, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing you live again someplace in, in, yeah. in L.A. So let It'll us know happen. when you – when you when you book a concert, so thank you so I much. I will, absolutely. That's uh, MX Matias on SoundCloud, and uh, you can also go to his website and and follow him and find out when he's going to be uh, playing live again, or maybe even doing a little educating. So that's MX uh, Matias. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from Cyber Station USA, Blog Talk Radio, and our radio affiliates and Artistic Echoes uh, Network in England. Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feeds, and get real-time updates on our guests. Our producer is uh, Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Barlabin. And we don't have an intern right now, but uh, hopefully we will. Our former intern, Angeline Serrano, has her own radio show. Congratulations. You go, girl. Uh, Download this and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com or on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to talk with Alice Wallace and Rachel Kane. That's going to be a lot of fun, let me tell you. Uh, Check our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we will update you on all of our guests. In the meantime, I'm going to play a little bit more of Pam Dulce and uh, say... Have a great musical weekend. Ese pan dulce que tiene en sus pantalones hace que grite bombón. Pan dulce con salsa, electro con son. Ay, qué combinación. Los pantalones están en suelo y así se van a quedar. Vamos, chico, ponte el vestido. Vamos a bailar. Ese pan dulce que tiene en sus pantalones hace que grite bombón. Pan dulce con salsa, electro con son. Ay, qué combinación. Pantalones están en suelo y aquí se van a quedar. Vamos, chico, ponte el vestido. Vamos a bailar. Again, that's Pan Dulce, Pan Dulce by Matias Gabriel. And I want to wish everybody a great musical weekend. Bye.